dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to get through this thing called life. Electric word, life, it means forever, and that's a mighty long time. But I'm here to tell you, there's something else. The afterworld. So we're here. 50 episodes. We've reached the Purple Rain era, finally. <laughs> and it's it's a huge milestone for Prince to reach this point in his career. Six albums in basically six years. Um, a huge milestone for him. And, you know, 50 episodes into a podcast is a huge milestone for me as well. Just to a much lesser extent, but still I have to... I have to bring that up because I didn't know, you know, if I was going to reach this or how long it would take me to reach 50 episodes. So I'm just, I'm happy that I've done it. And, and it's just interesting that it's the first episode that I'm going to be doing for the Purple Rain era because the Purple Rain album was um, a, a very influential and enormous album for me in terms of how my connection to Prince started and really strengthened at that point. So if you missed Prince in 1983, there was no way you were going to miss him in 84. He was all over the charts, all over MTV, all over um, the news, popular culture. He accomplished something that very few musicians and artists are able to accomplish, and that is basically um, worldwide prominence and recognition. This album also spawned hit after hit and hit single after hit single, the look that he created with this album and with uh, Purple Rain, the movie, was was copied and um, by countless artists. I mean, people were trying to be him. He he created a a new revolution, pun intended. <laughs> and lots of trends came off of this record as well. There were a number of associated acts that really came out after this album. Sheila E., The Time, that really hit big. I mean, some of these were artists uh popular artists before this album but this movie this record and prince's clout allowed for the creation of even more associated acts to become heard and get their get their songs known and put on on vinyl he was a uber talented mysterious sexy performer that now was ruling the world and it was an amazing time to be a nine-year-old prince fan that's for sure so this episode is dedicated to the album's first song, Let's Go Crazy. It was not the first single. It was the second single released from the album. But it's the first song that opens up the movie. It's the first song that opens up the record. So in many respects, it is kind of like a big hit that kicks this whole movie off and this record. And joining me to talk about the lyrics to Let's Go Crazy is Christy Norman. Hi, Christy. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be back. Thank you again for joining me. You've been um, an integral guest for my podcast now for several albums. Uh, you last joined me on DMSR from the 1999 record, a great dance song, super fun. Uh, sure. And this song is super fun as well. So I guess that may be one of the things that we like to talk about is fun print songs. I do like the fun print songs. I much prefer a, a fast <laughs> dance song, a fan song <laughs> to uh, ballads typically. I like ballads on occasion, but give me a dance song most of the time. And this is this is one. And I it's so much fun. The song is it really almost I was reading through the lyrics. I hadn't really made the connection that it was kind of 1999 ish 
Mm, yeah. That it's a little bit like, hey, you know, we're just going to do our thing until we can't do it anymore. And that was a lot of the 1999 album. Yeah. And yeah, I hadn't really sure. made that connection until I was like, oh, yeah. Well, now it doesn't hurt that, you know, the super deluxe edition of 1999 came out, you know, in late 2019. So I've been listening to that a lot and thinking about it a lot. So I don't know if I made that connection because it's top of mind for me or because there's actually a connection there. No, I think that there is. And just like 1999, which was the first song off of that album, uh, Let's Go Crazy is the first song off Purple Rain. And it like those, the, I think the two songs have parallels in, in the way that they are very exuberant, very um, fun songs if you're just listening to them on the surface. Mm-hmm. And really just kind of like put them on in the background or you just want to dance and party. They accomplished that. They, they're easily enjoyable for that reason. Easy to swallow. But it, the, the lyrics are talking about something a bit deeper. And it isn't quite as um, overt as maybe some other songs that try to do similar things. Prince has always been very good at, at coding his lyrics. <laughs> and this is one of the most coded songs I think in his discography up to this point. And we'll and we'll get to that. You need that you need that Prince decoder ring to really get, <laughs> you know out of that you know whatever purple flakes cereal box that it may have come in because this song means different things to different people depending on how deep you're looking at the lyrics. Um, and as speaking for myself when I was a when I was a kid enjoying this song naturally you know the the deeper meanings of this track went completely over my head yeah Uh i was completely lost and um it took many years and just really honestly it was more once you know this song became kind of like this um this epic event that people talked about towards the end of prince's life when when the internet was big and there were they were different uh, message boards and different blogs that started to speak on Prince's music because in the nineties and, and whatnot in late eighties, nobody was really, at least I didn't have access to those types of discussions where people were trying to glean different meanings from Prince songs. So I never thought twice about it. It was a fun song about going crazy. And I knew crazy didn't mean like literally mentally insane. I knew he was talking about going crazy as a, as a something different, but I didn't know how deep this song really was. I didn't yeah. really know what he was trying to get at. So with that, I wanted to ask you, Christy, what was your um, original thoughts about this song? When did you first hear it? When did you become aware of this song? Uh, I'm sure it had to be probably the late 80s, probably when I heard it on the radio. I I didn't listen to a lot of stations with my family as a little kid that would have played a lot of Prince music. They were very much like we listened to the things that my parents liked. Prince was not something that my parents liked. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure once it was the late eighties when I was like in middle school and I started listening to, you know, my own radio stations. And of course, you know, I didn't really think too hard about it. It was just, it was a fun party song. And it wasn't until, and I don't remember specifically looking at this song, but it wasn't until I was in high school, I had an English teacher who reminded us that all music, 
all lyrics to songs are poetry. And so when in an effort to engage us as high schoolers in poetry, which most of us didn't really care for because it can be difficult to understand. She said all song lyrics are poetry. And so when we did examinations of poetry, she asked us to choose song lyrics. (laughs) And that was something that really was kind of transformative in the way I listened to music. You know, 15 year old high school sophomore was, this is poetry, look at it that way and examine it. And um, so that's kind of something that I've done often since then. And it obviously, I don't think I ever looked at the song super in depth until recently, but it's a fun exercise that I've enjoyed for a long time. So, yeah, it's fun exercise, I think, is a great way to describe it because that's what this podcast is. It's a fun exercise in <laughs> uh-huh. dissecting lyrics. In some songs, the dissection of lyrics is is more, you know, just reading them through and kind of you know, gaining a very clear understanding of what's being spoken about, or at least as clear as two people that didn't mm-hmm. write the song could interpret it. But then you get a song like Let's Go Crazy. And yeah, it is... You've got, uh, like I said, you've, there's almost like two different ways you can interpret this song. You could interpret it literally, how everything is being written about very upfront, and the way you read the lyrics, it can give you one meaning. But then once I, once you get that Prince decoder ring, I'll use that analogy again because <laughs> I kind of feel like for a lot of people who listen to Prince, they don't have that and they don't know a lot of what he was trying, a lot of the messages that he was trying to put out there in a way that was easily digestible. And this is, this is one of those very clear examples of a song where he does this. And really there's quite a few songs, if I'm being honest on the purple rain album where the surface lyrics mean completely different than what, we believe Prince was really trying to say in those songs. And I mean, this is a good example. I would die for you is a good example. Mm-hmm. Even purple rain could be considered an example. So some of the biggest hits on this record would probably blow a lot of people's minds. If they knew what, <laughs> what we believe Prince was really trying to, the message he was really trying to deliver with these songs. Oh, yeah, it's a spoonful of sugar. Yeah. I mean, it's here's something important that I need to share with you. And I'm going to deliver it in a way that you don't have to understand it immediately at first. You don't have to know how the antibiotics work, but you get them down and they do their thing inside of you. And this is this is the same. This is, you know, it sounds fun and silly and just joyful. And it is joyful, but it's also more. There's so much more that you can understand and learn from this if you're going to take the time to look at it. And if even if you don't take the time to really look at it, now that message is inside you. Yeah. And, you know, it's going to change you a little bit. Yeah, and I think the, the, the thing that I'm trying to get at, I haven't said said it yet, but really it's, for me, what I get out of this song with the deeper meanings and a lot of the songs on this record where he tries to do that is is a very spirituality-focused lyrics. Yes. Songs that are talking about, you know, a higher power and living life 
for God and and doing things that are that are good on this earth and and trying to understand like we're here for a reason, we're here for a purpose, and it's to serve God. And that was Prince's message in a lot of these songs. And let's go crazy. Just if I'm going to briefly summarize it the best way I can before we go through the lyrics yep. uh, line by line, it's enjoy enjoy life while you're on this planet, but it's okay. As hard as life gets, we can still look forward to the afterworld. We can still look forward to that that second life that is potentially awarded to us if we believe. Yeah. That's that's a lot of what I'm getting out of the message for this song. Agreed. Agreed. So this isn't Prince's first foray into kind of like the face-melting guitar solos that he has occasionally um, been able to deliver in songs off of his discography. I mean, Bambi off of mm-hmm. the Prince, off the Prince album is a good example. I'm Yours from For You at the end of that record. You know, he even tries to throw in some really gnarly guitars at the end of Private Joy and Controversy. So this isn't the first time he's done it. But 1999 was a very drum machine and synthesizer-laden album. So to still have that Minneapolis sound and still kind of go down that path, but advancing it to the next step, the next stage, mm-hmm. and throw in this this guitar that we knew that he could play i mean it's always been a part of his repertoire of instruments but i don't know up to this point if he certainly hadn't done it on a hit single or a song was meant for radio airplay this is for a lot of people who are familiar with prince after or at purple rain this is the song that attracted them to him because of the guitar i think yeah i agree absolutely he was kind of I don't know. He kind of figured out the drum machine by now. He was ready to stretch his legs a little more on guitar, which he knew he was excellent at. But the world at large, if you didn't have the albums, you largely didn't know mm-hmm. that he was this super stellar guitar player. And yeah, this was kind of his coming out party. Yeah, it's certainly the biggest and most popular statement that he had made up to this point about his guitar playing abilities. Mm -hmm. Just to put it right up front and just kind of remind people or introduce people to his guitar playing and letting them know, I can do this, I can do that, I can play the piano excellently, I can, you know, program a drum machine, Mm -hmm. synthesizer sure i've got that in spades you know listen to little red corvette um but hey guess what this this other instrument that that seems to appeal to a a wide audience i mean there's Uh people from all walks of life like guitar-based music it's it's popular all over the world and even though this song i certainly wouldn't say his guitar playing is mellow i mean it's very energetic and you've Mm -hmm. got guitar solo at the the end that is is one of the more memorable guitar solos in his his career it it just really kind of made that point completely and thoroughly and it's and it worked for him and it worked for the popularity of this song specifically and the album it certainly helped as well oh yeah and one thing that i'll note as a a fan of um hip-hop music from the 80s and 90s one of my favorite 
rap groups, Public Enemy, sampled a piece of that guitar solo towards the end of the song for one of their songs. Uh, the song is called Brother's Gonna Work It Out. And I remember when I played that song, I bought the album Fear of a Black Planet from Public Enemy around early 1990. And I played that song. Having been an enormous fan of of the Purple Rain album, I was so excited to to hear a song from Prince being sampled in that way. Because I'm like, that's awesome. Because I recognize that. Because so many Uh of the samples that were being used at that time, I didn't recognize. Because they were from like really older what i considered older 70s funk songs and Mm. r&b hits that i just didn't i wasn't aware of yet right but i knew that i knew i knew i immediately picked up on the let's go crazy guitar solo sample that was used in that song and uh, i was just like i said super excited i finally recognized something (laughs) isn't that so cool because you didn't have who sampled so it really felt like an easter egg just for you yes absolutely that's exactly what it was it's exactly what it was for me so anyway, I just wanted to throw that in there because um, it it was you know eight no sorry six years later. So mm-hmm. by that point, when you're a kid, six years feels like forever. Like Purple yeah. Rain was long in the past for uh-huh. me by 1990. It was it was ancient history. Okay, so um, yeah, that's your history with the song. My history is not that dissimilar. I I mm. I knew the song when it came out because Purple Rain was everywhere in 1984, and I don't remember the exactly the first time i saw it it was probably on mtv i probably heard mm-hmm. it on mtv mm-hmm. or saw the video prior to me hearing it like on the radio or anything because at that point i finally had mtv in my house <laughs> by the summer of 84 we had cable oh. our family finally got cable and i got mtv and it was glorious you know <laughs> i was able to put that station on and as soon you know anytime my parents were home that that station was on not that they banned it but when you only have one TV in the house, yeah. at some point your parents are like, okay, we we need to turn this station off and watch the news. Or, you know, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, sorry, kiddo. I know that you love this song, but it, don't trust me. It'll be played again in a couple hours. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, was that was the heyday of MTV when they yeah. played videos all the time. You could really, like, 90% of the time, just they were playing videos. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, if they weren't playing videos, it was an anomaly. It was like a little break. Yeah. When they had some sort of little news segment or something. Otherwise, it was 100% videos. Yeah. And it was it was amazing. And this song, this video, which is basically just clips from the film. Yeah. Uh, but unlike When Doves Cry, which did have some clips for the film, but there was also a lot of performance in there. This video was really meant to um, support the film and promote the film yeah. And get people excited for the movie. When Doves Cry came out a couple months before the movie finally hit the, the theaters. Let's Go Crazy's release coincided with basically the release of the film. This song is intertwined with the film, I think, in, more so than When Doves Cry because it kicks off the film. Like when you put the movie on where you're watching it in the theaters, this is the first thing you see and hear is Let's mm-hmm. Go Crazy. So. For me, this song is more of a movie song than When Doves Cry by far. Yeah. So as I mentioned, the song really isn't that difficult to understand once you kind of get the the meaning behind it. 
Mm-hmm. And if you kind of understand where he's going with it, then all the rest of it falls into place for me. It's like dominoes. Once you understand what he's talking about with, with certain lines and certain words. And the other thing about this song is it's iconic opening. I mean, this, it kicks off with that, with that organ, uh-huh. it's like a funeral, but also like a celebration, which I guess in some ways funerals are celebrations depending okay. on, depending on whose funeral you're going to and what the, um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I get that it's a celebration of life. Okay, so I saw that. Somebody said that, dearly beloved, we are gathered here today is a funeral thing. No, no, that to me, that's a wedding thing. Oh, okay. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to watch the union of this man and this woman. That's a wedding thing to me, not a funeral thing. Okay. That's the thing about this opening. It, it kind of, that organ, the opening organ, has a little bit of an ominous tone to it, I guess. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I guess if you're at a wedding, and it's been a while since I've been to a wedding, there, depending on how traditional it is and what, you know, like maybe what denomination, you could have, I guess, that style of organ playing at a wedding, I guess, mm-hmm. I suppose. It's certainly possible. I think it's a very old-timey... Well, and Prince really loved his old movies, too. So I could totally see this being the kind of thing where he'd watch some old movie that had that you know sort of ominous wedding in it but to me like dearly beloved we are gathered here today this is a that's a wedding thing to oh, me. okay yeah. see i never got wedding i always got sermon like it was like a sermon like you're sitting in church and it's time for the sermon yeah and and it's being spoken by like maybe a really um, well-spoken and dramatic, you know, priest or pastor, somebody who's really mm-hmm. trying to grab somebody with the first couple lines. Uh, so yeah. I've always gotten more of a sermon vibe from it. I never yeah. really got much of a eulogy vibe. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't either. Okay, like so we're on the same. More like a more of a, yeah, I would say more sermon vibe. But dearly beloved speaks wedding to me. Yeah, yeah. Now that you say that, I can see that. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to get through this thing called life. Electric word, life, it means forever, and that's a mighty long time. But I'm here to tell you, there's something else. The afterworld. So this this opening intro to the song is super iconic at this point everybody knows the dearly beloved we're gathered here today to get through this thing called life those three lines i think most people mm-hmm. can cite if they know the song even you know slightly yeah um, those those lines are memorable they kick off the song and then those lines um really speak to a lot of people who've been to church and know where this is coming from what angle he's taking with these lines and then uh the other thing is these these lines uh, speak to something you know like hardships like get through this thing called life. We mm-hmm. all we're all living. We all kind of experience hardships in our life, and right within the first three lines, he's talking about and really speaking to us as listeners. Trying to we're just trying to get through this thing called life, and we're experiencing um, hardships. We're experiencing pain, sorrow, all the all the negative emotions that. Or just mm-hmm. part of living life, the ups and downs. He's talking about the downs and how sometimes the downs can seem overwhelming and seem like they're 
too much for us to get through. Like it's impossible to get past certain points of our life that are just very sad or negative. And and it's, it's a great way to pull people in and try to get them to um, continue listening because it's, it's super memorable. And I just love the way that the song kicks off. Yeah. We're in it together. Yeah, we're in it together. We're going to church in the Church of Prince is really uh-huh. what it boils down to at this point. So but the thing about this opening, though, that I never really cared for is how it was kind of cut and and redone for the, the radio edit. Yeah. I don't know. Have you heard the radio edit much, Christy? Um, I think it's similar to what was in the official video. Yep. And yeah, yeah no, I didn't care for that much either i watched that this morning just for giggles and grins and i was like oh no they kind of like overlap stuff and i'm like i get that they're trying to like get to the main meat of the song but i almost wish that they had just like trimmed it rather than trying to smush it all together into something that was a little less intelligible yeah, no, I, I mean, it completely loses the meaning behind it when you, yeah. because the way it's, like you said, the way it's done, it's it's overlapped. Like, he starts off with those lines. Maybe that's a big reason why those first three lines are so memorable, because right. those are the only three lines that don't get double-tracked or overlapped. The first three lines, you know, are memorable for that reason, because they're clear to anybody who is listening to the song on the radio or watching the video. So just, I'll just go through them quickly. Um, Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to get to this thing called life. Electric word life, it means forever, and that's a mighty long time. But I'm here to tell you, there's something else. The afterworld. A world of never-ending happiness. You can always see the sun, day or night. A world of never-ending happiness. You can always see the sun, day or night. So when you call up that shrink in Beverly Hills, you know the one, Dr. Everything will be alright. Instead of asking how much of your time is left, ask him how much of your mind, baby. Cause in this life, things are much harder than the afterworld. This life, you're on your own. So when you call up that shrink in Beverly Hills, you know the one, Dr. Everything will be alright. Instead of asking him how much of your time is left, Ask him how much of your mind, baby, because in this life, things are much harder than in the afterworld. In this life, you're on your own. And then he sings, if the elevator tries to bring you down, go crazy, punch a higher floor. And then the song kicks in proper. So this is kind of lengthy. I mean, I can see why they did that, why they tried to shorten this by jumbling up the lyrics. But I don't know. It it doesn't work for me personally. I like to hear the original version or, you know, the the proper album version because all of this stuff, at this point in my life, I can obviously cite and talk all these lines with that <laughs> through sheer memorization and yeah. the number of times I've heard it over the years. So, um, what are you what are you taking away from this besides what we've already talked about? Well, I think the electric word life it means forever, and that's a mighty long time. Again, I think that speaks to a wedding because the idea is that you're 
committing to another person for life, but it's also, you know, <laughs> you may not be super happy about that. <laughs> and if it's you're a not, long that's, time. <laughs> that, it's a long time. And oh, by the way, even if you're not happy about that, we've got the afterworld, the world of never ending happiness coming up. So <laughs> if you're not happy here, it, it'll be all right. It's going to be fine. And then doctor, everything will be all right. I think that's interesting with his um, psychiatrist yeah. might give you platitudes. Maybe that's helpful. Maybe it's not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I like this. Um, as you mentioned, like the, the mighty long time, it kind of seems like he's trying to say life sort of just drags on at times <laughs> <laughs> and you know, the mundane aspects of life, which, you know, everybody experiences that and. For the most part, I mean, like people say life is short, right? I mean, that's more of the time flies, life is short. Those are more of more of the statements that people talk about when they try to describe our time on earth. Is it is going by quickly and being very short? But he's he's flipping that around and saying life means forever and that's a mighty long time. But I don't know, maybe he's talk, not necessarily talking about life on this earth. A mighty long time could mean you've got you've got basically two parts of your life. You've got yeah. the, the part on this earth, and then you've got the afterlife, which is, mm -hmm. you know, has the word life right in it. He says afterworld, but I mean, afterworld and afterlife to me, I guess, are synonymous. I don't, I don't know if you yeah, have a they distinction are between the two. Mm -mm. Okay, so we're on the same page there. To yeah. me, they're the same thing. Yeah. He just says afterworld instead of afterlife, but yeah. So it's it's just a just a statement about how life can maybe seem like it's dragging on, which is an interesting take because that is not typically the take people talk about when they're trying to tell you to live your life and and uh, find joy in what we're doing today because it'll all be gone tomorrow and you know it'll we'll be on our potential deathbed before we know it. And that's not what he's saying here at all. He's saying it's a mighty long time because of oh, the afterworld. I think that's maybe a a young person thing too, um, partic particularly in the seventies and eighties. I feel like life maybe moved at just a little bit of a slower pace. And I can remember being a kid thinking, you know, summer seemed forever long, and it, it just seemed like. I can remember things seeming like they took a really long time and that's not a phenomenon my children really deal with. Like yeah. they talk about how fast things move. And so it might be that he was a younger person at that particular point in time that, you know, thinking about being 40 or 45 seemed like just an eternity away you know, to this person in his mid twenties. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He was only 25 in mm -hmm. 83 when the song would have been written. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's a good point. I mean, he's, he's looking at this and he's writing a song from the perspective of a young man. So yeah, there could certainly be some of that bleeding through into the lyrics where he's talking about life and it's seemingly lasting forever because he's still so young and he has and he sees so much of his life still to come. Mm -hmm. Okay, so there are also I think some clues in this section that this this song is going to have some like religious 
aspects to it. Has Absolutely. some presentations. I mean, granted, yes, right off the bat with the organ and the sermony type mm-hmm. um, approach that he's taking with with speaking the lyrics is a very very blunt way of of explaining and expressing that. But then you've got like the afterworld, place of never ending happiness. And, uh, you know, you can always see the sun day or night implies that it's once again, a a great place to be. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's a place that you want to be. And I even take always see the sun, maybe even some. So there's like the one aspect of figure of speech talking about, the afterworld and how it's a place of happiness but i guess another thing that i was thinking of as i was going through these lyrics where it says the afterworld's a place of never-ending happiness where you can always see the sun day or night mm-hmm. and i'm wondering if also it could just another take on it is like if you have that belief if you have god in your heart you could have sunshine all the time in in, in your heart and soul as well because god is with you Mm-hmm. That's just another way I could see this being interpreted if, you know, you're Prince and you're writing a song to, you know, kind of really pump up the aspects, the positive aspects of, of spirituality, where even in your darkest time, if you have God with you, if you're if you're a spiritual person, you could still see the sun day or night, even even on this earth and not necessarily waiting for the afterworld for that. Mm-hmm. Well, and uh, it's common especially among religious stuff to play off sun S U N and sun S O N for referring to Jesus, mm-hmm. which would make sense with his seventh day Adventist background growing up that, you know, that's the kind of church that he went to. That's certainly something like seeing the sun day or night. It'd be the S O N Jesus is the light. He's always there. He's always in heaven. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That that works. That works perfectly for that mm-hmm. for that meaning. If you look at it that way, at least it matches what we think he's trying to say in the song. Right. It wouldn't be a stretch. No. To think that no. it was a double meaning there. And so the the doctor, everything will be all right. Line, like as you mentioned, it's speaking to kind of maybe a little bit of our uh, over medicated society and. And trying to fix us through other means instead of like looking internally, maybe getting, you know, that 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 next fix or whatever is the latest in chemistry to to, to help us mm-hmm. along. Doctor, everything would be all right. Like here, just take this pill or, you know, come see me an hour a, a week and I'll make sure that you're all right. I'm mm-hmm. not trying to disparage psychology. No at all because it certainly has its values for those who need it. But I think what, you know, what he's saying here is potentially maybe uh, there's, there's some situations where that might be a crutch for, for some people. I don't know. That's kind of what I get from it. Like, cause he's, he's saying it a little cynically, obviously. <laughs> uh, yes. I would for say sure. well, some yeah. cynicism here in these lines. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And then later on he says, you know, with the lines, instead of asking them how much of your time is left, ask them how much of your mind. Because, you know, you're sitting, if you're sitting in a psychiatrist's chair, you know, you, there's the clock ticking. You have a certain mm-hmm. amount of time to fix yourself during that session. And <laughs> how much how much time do I have left, Doc? Or, you know, how much time do I have left in the chair? And um, 
what he's really with the with how much of your mind, baby, because he's now starting to talk about the the concept of going crazy. You know, this is the first aspect of of that where yeah. how much of your mind is left implies that somebody's going a little crazy. Yeah. Um, and obviously, that's the name of the song. And he's about to get to, you know, the line "go crazy" after the elevator tries to bring you down. Mm-hmm. Man, so, it was years before I realized it wasn't the elevator. It, I know, and it's so frustrating because I had access to the lyrics. <laughs> All these years, I had access uh-huh. to the lyrics. Yeah, I mean, the whole rain was printed with lyrics. I had it. Yeah, Granted, it's right I there. I had a cassette. Now, in my defense, I had a cassette. And then, if you look at the way the lyrics are printed, they're printed in purple over a dark background because of what they had. They took a picture of like water probably a still from the film mm-hmm. and they printed the lyrics in prince's cursive handwriting in purple over a dark background they're not easy to read oh <laughs> you were a kid you had young eyes i had it young was... eyes but i looked at them and i'm like nah forget that. excuses excuses you just didn't look at the lyrics i didn't look at the lyrics i didn't want to <laughs> Let's be blunt. I didn't want to, but but he didn't make it easy on me either. No, no. <laughs> and now that I've got old eyes, I'm squinting. And now I have it on record. I have it on vinyl, so they're blown. Oh, okay. I had so, a little cassette. So, I mean, yeah. cassette lyrics are printed even smaller, if you can imagine. So now that I've got the vinyl, you know, you can pull them out and read them a little clearer. But even that, it's still hard. He had his shorthand. He had his cursive. Um, yes, but to your point, the elevator and if yeah. the elevator tries to bring you down, I always thought that was the elevator. Yeah, well, I mean, for a long time, and now you you look at it, you read it, and you realize, oh, this is a song about a relationship with God. So if you look at it that way, the elevator, it's Satan, the enemy, yep. or if you're looking at it in a secular way, it's a, a bully or somebody who's a rule follower who just doesn't want you to go out and have any fun or somebody who's boring. You can look at it as any of those ways, but I would say more than likely he's probably talking about Lucifer, the devil here. Yeah. Because anytime he talks about the elevator in this song, it's always Mm -hmm. about bringing you down. Yeah. You know, going down and, and if we know anything, <laughs> if we know anything from religion ever been taught, hell is beneath us and, and heaven's above us. Mm-hmm. So if if we're talking just literally about up and down and what, what that means, you're going down means you're going to hell. Right. And if you're punching a higher floor, it means you're ascending that elevator, mm-hmm. which implies that you're going to heaven. So he's saying very, and once again, you have to have that decoded aspect of this song because otherwise if the elevator tries to bring you down go crazy punch a higher floor i mean you, you kind of get the gist that you, instead of going down you're going up but what does that really mean is that is he trying to say accept god and go to heaven when you die when you reach that afterworld mm, the afterlife probably. yeah and that's what most of us get from this song now those of us who have taken the time to try to decipher it but it takes a little bit to kind of put it all together, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I mean, you think about 
don't know, bringing you down, the elevator makes sense too, because bringing you down is a negative thing. But mm-hmm. the elevator is just, it's so much more. It's such an interesting play on words because you know he meant for it to be understood as the elevator as well as the elevator. Yeah. I mean, it's in- super intentional and so like smart and interesting. Yeah, when he's singing it, there's no there's no real clear distinction that he's saying the elevator because you could say the elevator and sound like you're saying the elevator with it being unintentional. Mm-hmm. But for him, like you said, it was very intentional. And that, yes. is, that is the difference between, you know, Prince and some other artists who use slang because it sounds good or fits the the patterns of the song or whatever. This is almost like slang sounding, but it's super intentional because the lyrics mm-hmm. are written that way. I mean, yeah. that is how it's written on the liner notes on the lyric sheet that was provided. It says DE dash mm-hmm. elevator. So if it was just slang, it would say the elevator and it would just sound like the elevator. But because it's written very clearly in the lyrics, he's saying the elevator. So we know for a fact because of that, that this was intentional. Right. Yeah. Good job, Prince. I approve. I'm sure <laughs> yeah. he's been waiting for my approval for years. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right. Right. All of our <laughs> approvals. I mean, he's probably thinking to himself, guys, it's not it's that It's about deep. time. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that deep. Um, but we're we're I, actually I do think this song is deep. But so yeah. if he said that, I would say I don't know. Are you sure? <laughs> Are you <laughs> Let's sure? Talk man, about that a little more. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I get a lot. I get a lot out of this song now as a as a much older person than I did when I was a kid. That's for, for sure. For sure. Okay, so that is just that is just talking about the spoken <laughs> intro. You know, there's a lot to unpack. There is, and and really, that spoken intro says a lot more yeah. than a lot of the other lines in this song because at this point once he delivers that spoken intro and you're now that you know if you're listening to it the way we're listening to it and deciphering it the way we're deciphering it the rest of it just kind of falls in place really. yeah the rest of the lines in the song fall in place because they're mostly talking about the same things that he brought up in this intro Without yeah, they're the illustrations of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're, they're just demonstrations of it, examples of what he's talking about. And going back to the whole life life sucks sometimes. Mm-hmm. And we need to, you know, he's, he's suggesting that we embrace a higher power to help us get through the sucky parts of life. Mm-hmm. And and if we do that, we'll, once it comes time, once it comes, once the end, our end comes... We could punch a higher floor and experience that that glory for ourselves. Mm-hmm. That's all said in that spoken intro. It really yep. is. Agreed. Okay, so he doesn't go into a chorus yet. He goes straight from that intro with with some music. Then, of course, after he says "punch a higher floor," you get the ding 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 ding, and then we get into the first verse.
And the first verse is, if you don't like the world you're living in, take a look around. At least you got friends. You see, I called my old lady for a friendly word. She picked up the phone, dropped it on the floor. <sighs> is all I heard. That's the first verse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So look on the bright side. You have friends. <laughs> yep. That's a nice yeah. thing. Yeah. It's a very nice thing. Talk <laughs> about having friends. So even if you're, once again, going back to the whole life sucks <laughs> concept. Uh-huh. <laughs> life sucks sometimes. Look on the bright side. At least you got friends. At least we're assuming. I mean, if somebody looks around and they don't see anybody they can call a friend. Well, yeah. It's a different story but we're thinking he's thinking in in this song there's at least somebody that you that somebody can call a friend of theirs they can rely on or at least point at and say okay that person cares about me they're my friend yeah and then the second part of this verse when he talks about calling his old lady for a friendly word i mean this is this is a bit of a story like this whole verse is talking about or just giving examples, as you mentioned, demonstrations of mm-hmm. how the way life can suck. And then, <laughs> okay, see, and I misunderstood this for a really long time because I always thought because it's Prince, mm-hmm. he called up his old lady, his girlfriend, and because Prince is so magnetic, she was immediately already overcome with emotion. You know, just hearing his voice and the <sighs> was for him. And n- no, <laughs> I'm wrong. Well, <laughs> I was wrong. Maybe more than maybe. likely. Yeah, maybe. And honestly, I, I never took it to be a negative thing in the past when I would hear. Not all the lyrics come through loud and clear to me. I don't know if it's just because of the music and what's all the stuff that's going on in the background or the way he sings it. But now, as I'm listening to it and listen and following along with the lyrics and understanding now that I know what he's saying, I called my old lady for a friendly word. She picked up the phone, dropped it on the floor. Yes. Uh-huh. I originally thought, like you, that he was just having phone sex with his girlfriend. Yeah, exactly. No, no, there's a dude there. Some other guy is there. This is why life sucks, because some other dude, why would she pick up the phone? No, that's a bad, that's a bad decision. Bad call. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the other thing that I thought was interesting with this line where, you know, all he does is pant. Uh But in the lyric sheet, I don't know if you picked this up. It's written, sex, sex is all I heard. Oh, oh, no, (laughs) I didn't see that. Yeah. So he he wrote the lyrics are sex, sex is all I heard. But instead of. Instead of saying those lines, he just decided to demonstrate uh-huh. that through through sound, um, which is way more memorable and it sounds right. way cooler. So great decision, I think. But and it allows me to pretend that you know, yeah, Prince was so magnetic that nobody would ever cheat on him. And I'm sure I'm certain of it. I'm certain there are people that that truly and still you know think that this is just Prince having phone sex with his girl. Uh-huh for a friendly word yeah <laughs> that's super friendly but i now that i'm thinking of the what this song is trying to say and thinking of these lyrics to be demonstrations of how life can get you down life is hard it makes more sense to me that this is just an example of his girlfriend cheating on him that's mm-hmm. that fits better i think with the tone of the song and what he's trying to say yeah but it's 
way sadder. Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> I prefer to just think of like them saying dirty things to one another. <laughs> I yeah. mean, I know it's wrong, but I can still Probably. pretend. Yeah, and it's I so think... much more fun to sing if you're pretending that it's all positive. Yep. It certainly is. And once again, you just have to question why, why, why would she pick up the phone? Uh-huh. <laughs> why yeah, no, would, let it would, ring. Yes. Unless she is intentionally trying to hurt him, which ow, you know, that's a pretty awful way to do it. But mm-hmm. that's the only thing. Well, I can there think wasn't of. caller ID. She couldn't be sure it was him. It might've been grandma. That would have yeah. been worse. Yeah. There's so many, so many examples of ways <laughs> where you could think like she picked it up because, she thought it was somebody else or she, you know, she was expecting a really important phone call and she's like, okay, I don't want to stop doing this, but I need to take this call. So <laughs> just so many bad, bad decisions being made in these, these lines. <laughs> okay. Well, we both agree after some more careful thought that we think that this is an example of the caller being cheated on by his girlfriend. Yeah. Okay. All right, so then that's first verse, and then we get into the chorus. So yeah, yeah. Are, are we going to let D-Elevator bring us down? Oh, no, let's go. Let's go crazy. Let's get nuts. Let's look for the purple banana until they put us in the truck. Let's go. So fun. <laughs> so, and the chorus, again, here we go with another example of me not knowing what the hell Prince was talking about back in the day. Uh-huh. Purple banana. I mean, first of all, look, let's just go back a few lines. Are we going to let the elevator bring us down? Oh, no, let's go. So this is just another uh, callback to the opening section where he talks about the elevator brings you down. So are we going to let the elevator bring us down? Oh, no. no, because we got to go crazy. And that part's for me, has always been clear. Even if I thought he said the elevator instead of the elevator, I think the meaning was still pretty clear to me. It's like, I'm not going to let negativity get us down. We're not going to let whatever elevator we're on, which is just, I always assumed was a metaphor for something. Right. right. I wasn't wrong. I just wasn't always clear what that metaphor was exactly. But it was always a metaphor. So we're going to go crazy. And... Going crazy, I guess, was a little confusing to me always. Like, okay, I get the concept of going crazy. Also, doesn't have to literally mean being insane, mentally um, deficient or right problematic. But going crazy could also be a you know like a slang for some some fun experience or being just loose and free. I guess yeah, dancing in the club or without care yeah 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 exactly just kind of letting you know the the cares of the world fall by the wayside and and ignoring all of that for a moment to have fun yeah <clears throat> going crazy and going nuts but then the look for the purple banana until they put us <laughs> in the truck uh-huh uh, yeah well no clue i had no clue for the longest time what he was no, saying. no well and i mean i think it's commonly thought of as the penis the purple banana. It certainly could. <laughs> but I think that's a little on the nose. Yeah. That's it, as much innuendo and double meaning in the lyrics. Certainly purple banana we're feeling re- referring to a 
phallus is is something he probably knew was going to happen. Yeah. But that's not all. I would hope not. No. No, mm-hmm. I would hope it wouldn't just... It, even if people interpreted it that way, and he knew that people would interpret it that way, I think it's very... First of all, it's kind of silly, because, you know, let's look for the purple banana. Like, well, does everybody... I mean, <laughs> does, mm-hmm. do we all? Do we all? There are some people who are not interested in the purple banana. Exactly. So, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's it's great. You know, if you're saying look for the purple banana to those who are maybe just trying to have a good time and implying that this is a, a time to have sex or have fun and using that because you're a male singing it. Sure, it makes sense. But the more I think of it, the more I'm getting something more out of it. More just like using it as a, a metaphor for just like that that elusive prize, that that special thing that is difficult to obtain, maybe, um, is, I mean, a purple banana. I guess I did a little research. I guess they exist in real life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've never seen one, and they're probably pretty rare, and you have to be in certain um, countries or certain parts of the world where they might, you know, the growing conditions are proper and right. It's an exotic fruit for sure. Yeah. I mean, we're, we don't, in the United States, we don't see purple bananas uh, pretty, right. We don't see them regularly at all. So I guess from a, from a Western North American audience, that is a little bit of an empty uh, explanation or maybe confusing explanation. So I guess I just take, me personally, and now I just take away from it, looking for the purple banana is just kind of like going after that elusive prize, going after yeah. that thing that um, whatever that thing is for you, because it's going to be different for everybody, and go after it. Let's look for it and go for it before before they put us in the truck, which is, I guess, I take away from that before they before they take our crazy asses out of here. <laughs> yes, before they transport us to the loony bin <laughs> yep. in our special hug jacket. Yes. Yes, our padded, yeah, I was, padded truck. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking, yeah, it's the unusual dream. It's the purple banana. It's a. It's some, not the same dream that everybody has. And it's okay to have a different kind of goal, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. I think that's yeah. what it is. Chase your goal, even if it's not the goal that everybody expects you to chase or the goal that everybody seems to want. And people are going to think you're crazy for pursuing it. They're going to think that you need mental help because you're pursuing something that they don't understand. But that doesn't mean that you shouldn't still do it. Yeah, it's really, that's I the guess. That's banana. Yeah, it's, it seems like a fill-in for fill in the blank. I mean, you could, you could have put anything in here, right? I mean, anything, yeah. any two words that, that could have been thought of as, or used in that manner. Cause you can't, you can't say something specific because then it's only going to apply to very few people and it's not going to have right. that, that cross appeal. <laughs> he oh, could have said anything, but he didn't. He said purple banana because he knew how that was going to come across. Yeah. I mean, yeah. The purple part. So smart. You have to assume he used the color purple because at this point in his career, purple was was super important to his image and yes. his, his his expressions. 
from the 99 era and of course purple rain so purple the color made complete sense it would be very confusing to use any other color i think right um he was trying to stay on brand you know with the, with the whole purple thing at least at this point in his career and then the banana yeah i mean it he was well, smart about that because yeah. he, he was selling he he'd been selling sex in his own way for many years right for most of his career he was doing his own thing as far as sex was concerned and he was always come he made a conscious effort to be sexual without so you know straddling that line between vulgar and 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 sexy mm-hmm. and this is just another example of that i think yeah well and bananas you oh they've gone bananas that's like another way of saying they've gone crazy yep exactly, yeah. exactly. so it so works on a lot of levels several levels and it's it's one of those lines today that people may not if, if you're listening to the song you don't know what he's saying purple banana and once you finally realize he's saying purple banana because somebody tells you or you read the lyrics like holy shit that's really cool yeah <laughs> all right um i think we kind of covered the chorus as yeah. much as we can there's a few things we're definitely worth covering in there and we did our best with that the purple banana line to this day, I'd like to think that there are even more interpretations out there than what we've already talked about. Oh, I'm sure. So I would love to hear anybody else's take on what Purple Banana means to them. Because uh, it, it's a never-ending never ending discussion, I think. Could certainly go on forever with different interpretations of that. We, we gave our own, and that's the best we can do. Yeah. Okay, so then the second verse goes, we're all excited, but we don't know why. Maybe it's because we're all going to die. And when we do, what's it all for? You better live now before the Grim Reaper come knocking on your door. Okay, so verse yeah. two, Christy. What are what are some of the things that you see or want to talk about with this verse? Well, we're excited because we're going to die. I don't know. When you hear excited, you usually think of like happy. You would think of more like nervous or unsettled would be a negative thing. And but he uses the term excited, which kind of has a more positive and happy connotation. And then we're gonna die. So I don't know if we're supposed to be happy because we're going to be headed to a better place, and that we're excited about that. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's I think it's just an interesting word choice. It is. It is yeah. because, like you said, when we're when somebody says we're excited. That usually implies um, you know, eagerness, and but it but in a positive way. Like right. being excited for something is anticipating something in a good way. You're not dreading it, you know. Right. Uh, you don't say that you're excited if you're dreading something that's that's about to happen. Uh, you say nervous or or something else, but mm-hmm. not excited. So the fact that he's saying we're all excited and we don't know why, maybe it's because we're all going to die. To me, this is once again kind of indicating 
that we're looking forward a little bit to this this um, afterworld, this afterlife, the celebration that will happen because of death. And I know I know I brought that up again with you know celebrating a, a, during mm-hmm. a funeral, but this this is kind of like a party song about death in some ways. Uh, a little bit, yeah. <laughs> it kind of is. Not and then once again, as you made the uh, connection with 1999, it's it's a little bit the same way because in that song you're partying in the face of of annihilation. Mm-hmm. This is a party in some ways to celebrate the ending of of your life on Earth yep. and, and punching a higher floor to to heaven. Um, and so to say we're all excited because we're going to die normally would be a very confusing and um, unexpected way to make that statement but in the context of this song in the context of let's go crazy saying that matches what I think he's what he's trying to say in this song overall and it is very curious to do that and it certainly may cause some to scratch their heads but that's what I get out of this one is it's it's still he's talking about the celebration of the ending of one life and the beginning of the other. Mm-hmm. The forever one. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Then the second part of this verse, when we do, what's it all for? You better live now before the Grim Reaper come knocking on your door. And this, I get from this the same kind of thing that I've talked about before and that we've brought up about living life and, and certain, you know, going after that purple banana while we're still alive because once you have that one chance you have this one opportunity to to live the life that you want to live and and accomplish what you want to accomplish because when death comes knocking on your door you know that's it i mean we we all we all know this deep down we all understand Mm -hmm. this but it's not always easy to to remember that in our day-to-day decisions, it's not always easy to remember that when we're trying to make smart choices for not just ourselves, but maybe for our families or mm-hmm. whatever. It's not always easy to remember to live life like it's the only one you have. Yeah. yeah. It's just a reminder. He's just reminding us. Mm-hmm. Stuff we already know, but it's not always at the forefront of our brains. That's right. Well, once the Grim Reaper comes, you're done looking for the purple banana. Yep, you better have either found that purple banana or live with no regrets because uh, you don't get a second chance unless you believe in reincarnation. Yeah, (laughs) which is fine. You can believe in that. But even then, if you believe in reincarnation, most people who believe in that also believe that what you do in this life will affect how you're reincarnated in the next one. So Mm. if you live poorly in this life, you're, you know... It's Worm City for you, man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Live with as few regrets as possible if you can. Yeah. I mean, we all have regrets. I mean, nobody's perfect. Nobody lives their life exactly how they want to live it from day one. Mm-mm. But it's just trying to, to minimize the amount of regrets you have. So when you're you're on that deathbed and when you hear him knocking, the Grim Reaper, that is, you're mm-hmm. like, okay, I've lived a good life. Yep. So then after that verse we go back into the chorus and the chorus is uh, identical tell me mm-hmm. are we gonna let the elevator bring us down oh no let's go let's go crazy let's get nuts look for the purple banana until they put us in the truck let's go 
And then we get a little bit of an instrumental break and he says some lines here. Come on, baby. Let's get nuts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Crazy. I love how he says crazy in that line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's fun. <laughs> crazy. I can't do it properly, but you know what I'm talking about. Anybody I do. Can- And uh, at that point, then, after he says those lines, you get the first of the two guitar solos. And this is like the instrumental break here and goes crazy on guitar, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. And after the guitar solo, after the musical break, he does another, are we going to let the elevator bring us down? Oh, no, let's go. And then I don't know. Do we know who's singing the background? Is it Lisa and and Wendy or... Uh... No, it sounds like Lisa gets, to me, especially like in the second verse when there's a, there's a echo. Yeah. And when we do, what's it all for? The what's it all for? I really think that sounds like Lisa to me. Yeah. But um, I I don't know for sure. Yeah, the two of them have a very uh, similar singing style. I mean, mm-hmm. you, I've heard some Wendy and Lisa stuff. Mm-hmm. I have some of their their records, their solo mm-hmm. stuff. And it's Wendy's the primary singer in the Wendy and Lisa band, but Lisa was singing a lot with doing backup vocals for Prince prior to right. Wendy's arrival into the group. So it could be both. It could be one or the other. Don't know. Right. But it was definitely a female voice in the first two in the echo, and then also kind of doing some echoes in the, the chorus as well. Like, mm-hmm. go crazy. Mm-hmm. It's definitely a female singing there. I said, let's go crazy. Let's go. Let's go. And then we get this next portion of the lyrics, which is a little different than the first two verses, because he's kind of singing them as, as like an extension of the uh, the chorus. He goes, Doctor, everything will be all right. We'll make everything go wrong. Pills and thrills and daffodils will kill. Hang tough, children. So <clears throat> this this section of the song is another one where I really struggled for many years to understand what he was saying. Because I think, I feel like he kind of scrunches in ways some of these lines together to kind mm-hmm. of fit, to fit the, the music. Pills and thrills and daffodils will kill hang tough children. So I don't. He doesn't say hang tough children. He said. I mean, <laughs> he doesn't enunciate those lines super clearly. At least no. for me, for my mm-hmm. ears. Mm-hmm. I don't know about yourself. What did you? Did you ever have any troubles with these um, lines? I mean, by the time you get to that part of the song, if you're you're really just dancing, having fun <laughs> for the moment. Really, I mean. Until you sit down and examine the lyrics, Mm -hmm. it's not something that you'll, I mean, I don't think I even realized that he said daffodils in it for a very, very long time. It wasn't really, just, it was kind of like the crescendo of the song, and it didn't really matter what he was saying. Well, thank you, Christy, because I was just looking for some validation, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you're very welcome. I'm pleased to be able to help. I was simply looking for validation that I wasn't a complete idiot. Like, well, no, I always heard pills and daffodils, hang tough children. What the hell is your problem? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, now that I'm looking at the lyrics, I hear it. But, I mean, 
listening to the song casually, no, yeah. no. Yet this is just, it doesn't matter what he's really saying. It's just you mumble along and enjoy yourself and you're sweaty and dancing and that's all that really matters. Yeah, but but now people look at me like they know, if they know I like Prince as much as I do and, you know, I've been listening to his music as long as I have, now they expect me to know, like, what is he hey. Hey Jason, what does he say in this line? Like I have to know yeah, this stuff. Know. Now, I, right? I mean, I can't say. Well, I don't know. <laughs> That's not going to fly. It's like, well, I thought you really liked Prince. <laughs> well, <laughs> come on now. You can say, "What does it mean to you?" Yeah, there you go. Just flip it around. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> what okay, do you think well, it means. That's one strategy. <laughs> <laughs> it buys you some time, at least. Yeah, it works. It buys me time for sure to go look it up on the internet. What's he uh-huh. saying? Um, doctor, everything will be all right. He brings him up again. So that uh-huh. damn doctor gets another shout out here. But he says, we'll make everything go wrong. So as as he mentions several times, he's not a big fan of Doctor. Everything will be all right. Mm-mm. No, Doesn't... and that's prophetic, too, with yeah. the opioid crisis. I mean, it's just, I'm always amazed at looking back at Prince's lyrics and seeing how relevant they remain. And this is one of those times <laughs> looking at the lyrics, and I'm like, oh, like, you know, here, yeah. take this pill and it'll make you feel better. And it really isn't going to make you feel better. In fact, it's going to cause worse issues and it's going to make everything go wrong and how relevant that still is. is Well, that's a good segue because I was planning on bringing up this, the, the sad and touchy subject about the parallels in this song to the unfortunate end of Prince's life and how there are lyrics and lines in this song that are a bit prophetic and you can point to things that happened in his life that almost were eerily similar to what he's singing about in this song. Mm -hmm. So the pills mention the doctor, everything would be all right. You know, the whole medication to deal with life's pain. And for him, it was physical pain, at least for sure. We know that because of the, you know, some of the pills he was taking were painkillers or just ways to deal with pain, chronic pain. Mm -hmm. I mean, that is, that is one of the, of, of the things about you know living life that makes it hard. I mean, I have a I have a mother that lives with chronic pain. My point is, there's a lot of pain, and we're talking right. not not necessarily emotional pain at this point. I'm talking like chronic physical pain mm-hmm. that we now have a myriad of drugs that can help us manage it, not necessarily completely remove it from our lives, but to make it manageable. And for most of us, I mean. Those who have to experience that kind of pain, we can't. If you're not experiencing, you just can't relate. It's hard to understand what kind of pain these people are in, right? And, and then to rely on, on, on drugs and medication to help us just wake up in the morning and and live life, right? It's it's tough, and it's part of it's a sucky part of life. It just is. Disease well, and it's and easy for a young prince who is feeling good for the most part to be able to be very anti that kind of stuff. It's easy for him to not have the perspective when he had such great perspective and 
about so many things for such a long time, it's easy for him to look and say, look, this doctor can't fix everything for you with pills. And to also not realize what it's like to live with chronic pain. So I think that's, I, when I look at things like this, I try and remember he had a different perspective as a young man. There was no way he could see the pain and understand what it's like to live in that chronic pain day after day while he was a young man. There was no way for him to know that he would be affected by that as an old man. And it's, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. but, you know, I try and remember what perspective he was coming from when he was writing songs like this, the ones that seem to have this poignant pointing to his own life rather than the world as a whole. And I try and remember, you know, he was at a different place. He didn't have, you know, a vision of the future that was completely accurate. So I try to have a little grace with all of that stuff. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he was 25. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, when I was 25, I felt like on top of the world physically. Uh-huh. I mean, we all, for most of us do, unless we experience some sort of, you know, injury or something prior to that, that would change that perspective. But those of us who did not, that's pretty much peak life. You know, you're talking mm-hmm. late teens and 20s. You're supposed to be at your peak physical condition. And he yep. clearly was. He was in great shape. He was dancing and jumping around in his high heels. Mm-hmm. Um, he's on top of the world, uh, physically on top of the world, uh, hopefully spiritually, because he's talking a lot about spiritual. We don't know because we're not Prince, but right. he certainly seemed to have that perspective that about spirituality that a lot of people don't gain until they're much older. And so he was pretty young to be talking about stuff like this, which is pretty unique, I think, for an artist mm-hmm. of his of his generation and type, certainly a pop star, yeah. really coding his lyrics about that. But Lines like that with the pills and thrills and daffodils will kill. Doctor, everything will be all right. And then talking about the elevator. I mean, we all know where his where his body was found when he passed. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's all just kind of, it's sad to think about, but he, it's all just, I think, also coincidental, I think. Nobody really knows how things are going to go for, their, for themselves. Mm-hmm. Barely know what life is going to be like in a year, let alone 30 years. So it's... It's right. just just some eerie, eerie parallels, but that doesn't mean it was something that he foresaw or could see how it was going. He was singing the song as a young, healthy man. Yeah. And we yeah, know. yeah. Yep. Pills and thrills and daffodils. So all of those things are things that are helpful or exciting or beautiful, but also can be deadly. So I didn't realize that daffodils are poisonous if you eat them they are huh mm-hmm. yes did you look and that up or did you just know i that? did i did look it up because i look things up and <laughs> that's show. what that's what i do no i'm not trying to like <laughs> i'm not trying to bash you i just like i'm like daffodils what what no they're the bulbs look like onions no they don't smell like onions but they look like onions so if you don't know what you're if you can't like cut into it and smell it, you might mistake it for an onion and the daffodil itself is, it'll cause um, like itchy pain and for immune compromised people or small children, 
that it can be deadly. Hmm. Fascinating. Yeah. I did yeah. not know that. Mm-hmm. Inconveniently, daffodils rhymes with pills and thrills. Uh, exactly. <laughs> exactly. He did some some research at the library. I was going to say he, he didn't Google <laughs> it. <laughs> we know he didn't Google it. So what rhymes not. with thrills and pills? That's also deadly. Either that or, you know, he knew somebody who took a bite out of a daffodil as a child. Yeah. <laughs> that is fascinating. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because mm-hmm. I always just figured, oh, he just threw that in there because it rhymed. <laughs> but nope, it actually can kill. Now I know. Now yeah. I know. So the, the lines that after Hang Tough Children, he goes, he's coming, he's coming, coming. Uh-huh. Well, that can also, you know, another way where Prince can kind of make a something that's supposed to be religious and spiritual sound sexual. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> You've got yes. that. He's yes. talking about coming and, oh, he's coming. Okay. Uh-huh. For what? Oh, he's, yeah. talking about, he's talking about God, Jesus, whatever. You know, he's, <laughs> it's, uh-huh. it's not what you think. Get your mind out of the gutter. <laughs> but that's Prince doing the whole sexual and spiritual combination thing again. Yep. What he's become very known for. But yeah, that those lines certainly can come across as being dirty when they when I don't think that they're supposed to be, but certainly well, nudge, they're kind of supposed to be. <laughs> they're, I mean, they're let's supposed be honest, to be. like they're not really dirty, but you're kind of supposed to hear them dirty. That's a spoonful of sugar great. again, as you mentioned. Yeah, ex- exactly. <laughs> and then finally, the big guitar solo at the end. Pretty much nobody can recreate, no matter right. how hard they try. Yeah, just just listen to the recorded version that Prince did. Anybody who ever covers this song does it, and they try. They do their own. They put their own spin on this guitar solo because it's virtually <laughs> because impossible. They can't really do it right. Exactly, <laughs> you, you gotta, gotta put just, your own spin on it because yeah. you can't really do it. You gotta put your own spin on it, and you gotta do your own version nope. of a wild guitar solo, and goes a thousand places at once. Um, and then yeah. take me away. Yeah. Is how the song ends. And that yep, is, that's let's go crazy. Take mm-hmm. me away. He found his purple banana. He's ready to get in the truck now. Ready to get in the truck. Ready to punch that higher floor. Wow. Awesome. Okay. Wow. It's a big song, Christy. We it, did it. <laughs> it is. We did it. We dissected it. I'm sure we missed something, but. Hopefully people will tell us about it on Twitter. Naturally, naturally. Although, you know, talking with you, I, I definitely took some things away that I hadn't taken away before. So that is yeah, that certainly here. something that I enjoy about doing these podcasts with people, especially on songs that are as complex as Let's Go Crazy. Mm-hmm. And let's just be honest, this is a big song in Prince's career. So it's a big song. we need to do our due diligence and, and really make an effort to to offer some perspectives that maybe people haven't understood or thought of, and then also open it up to just let people know. We both understand that our interpretations are not final. No. (laughs) Our interpretations are not written gospel. These are just two thoughts from two different uh, 
Prince fans, and we we interpret songs the way we interpret them based on our backgrounds, based on our perspectives growing up and as adults. So I I reiterate this all the time because I want to I want to know if people think that we got it wrong or if we just completely missed something. Mm-hmm. Because <clears throat> that is that is the joys of doing this podcast is getting people talking about it. You know. Aww. It's the connection. And I think that's really why Prince so frequently refused to comment on the meaning of his songs because he wanted to facilitate this sort of conversation for you to have, what does the song mean to me with yourself, but also with those around you who are also listening to the music. If he told us what it meant, there would be no reason to discuss it because now we know what the artist's vision was. And if he doesn't talk about it, if he says, decide for yourself, then that gives us the space to have this discussion. I always think that that's so beautiful. I 100% agree. And that's, that's what is beautiful about talking about a 36 year old song (laughs) Uh um, because there's still so many things in this song that apply today. There's still so many things in this song that are relevant today. And also Mm -hmm. there's stuff in this song that we may never know for sure, Mm -hmm. but we'll do our best. That's That's right. All right, Christy. Well, thanks for joining me. I want to give you an opportunity now to maybe plug uh, your own podcast because you got not only a Prince podcast, but you've got a second podcast out there. I do. Well, I have, I host the mountains and the sea with my husband, Josh. It was my birthday gift a couple of years ago. Um, the mountains and the sea reviews Prince is how you find us on your podcast catchers. And you can find us on Twitter at TMATS, T-M-A-T-S podcast. And we love talking prints and we don't do it chronologically. So you never know what you're going to get. Right now we're talking about 1999 Super Deluxe and that's uh, really fun. But holy moly, long, but great. So amazing. And um, I also have a true crime adjacent podcast. It's called Killer Fun. You can find us on Twitter at Killer Fun Pod. And we explore the intersection of crime and entertainment. And that one's pretty fun, too. Good time making my shows. Um, As always, it's been a pleasure talking with you, Christy. Oh, Um, pleasure was all mine. Yeah, bouncing back and forth on Prince Lyrics. Love it. So yeah. thanks thanks for joining me and thanks for everybody listening to this podcast. It's a little long, but it's let's go crazy. So please forgive me. <laughs> it's a big song and I needed it to I needed song. to make sure we did did what we needed to do with this song to, to cover it all. So uh, thanks to Christy, thanks to listeners, and until next time, goodbye. Mm-hmm.